Welcome to A Security Life, the podcast, brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and industry trends with security professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Security Life, a new security industry podcast brought to you by SBT News that will bring you in-depth interviews with Canadian alarm and security professionals, personalities, and thought leaders. My name is Paul Grossinger, and I am the group publisher of SBT News, the foremost media source for security and alarm dealers, integrators, resellers, and vendors in Canada. In this episode of A Security Life, I am thrilled to be joined by Joel Matlin. For the past 50 years, Joel has been an innovator, trendsetter, and unique personality in the Canadian alarm and security industry. He is the founder of both Frisco Bay Industries and Alarm Force, and is currently the president and CEO of Think Protection. Joel, welcome to A Security Life. Hi, Paul. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it. And you're someone uh, that I've spoken to over my 18 years of in this industry and someone who I, I trust and respect. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. So we'll get started with um, with just wanting to know sort of how you got into the alarm industry and why. Well, I think it was sort of somewhat coincidental, but it was a sequence of events. I started in uh, 1969, 1970, working for a photocopy company called Apico which stood for American Photocopy Equipment Company. And at that time, while selling uh, photocopiers, um, I was asked whether or not I had an interest in selling uh, video closed-circuit television line of uh, camera equipment that they had taken on by a Japanese manufacturer. And I said, well, I didn't know much about photocopiers before I started. Sounds pretty interesting. I'd be more than happy to do it. When I started selling uh, the video technology, I quickly realized that the main application was in remote observation. And the more I thought about it, the more that came to the surface was in a security application. You know, for example, manufacturers watching their shipping doors, uh, retailers watching their stores uh, for shoplifting. And, and the more I thought about it, the more that I went out to the marketplace, the more security became top of mind. So after about uh, six months of selling video technology, I then decided that I'd like to open up my own company. Even though the technology wasn't perfected, I thought there would be some stepping stones to its eventual uh, mass market uh, application. So what I did, is in a lot of the systems that we had installed in uh, drug stores, uh, in variety stores, they encompassed uh, dummy cameras. There'd be a dummy camera or a number of them positioned in various locations in the store. And then there would be a real camera with a monitor uh, near the entrance exit area of the store. Uh, so what I quickly realized, I said, gee, you know, it would be great if, uh, if I could start a company and actually manufacture the dummy cameras and incorporate them with the real technology. And the reason being is because the cost of the dummy cameras at the time, which were actually real electronic housings, were exorbitant. So that's really how uh, I started with a partner uh, in uh, my first company, which was Frisco Bay Industries. A couple of things that attracted me to the industry that I've learned from the photocopy industry 
was a number of things. Recurring revenue, which was the electrostatic paper that was used in the photocopiers. Service contracts that were part of the maintenance cost of a copier. And of course, the profit that went with the sale of the equipment. Frisco Bay was launched and it evolved. And then what was your next step following Frisco Bay? With Frisco Bay, one of our main divisions was being a systems integrator with access control and video technology, very major part of our product groupings. Um, What I learned at that time was that I found that a lot of deals that we were losing in the smaller sector were being lost to people who had full service alarm companies where uh, we would go in and we would create the interest in having video and access control and then the uh the the customer potential customer would then bring in their monitored alarm company that was monitoring their 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 alarm system and we lost quite a few deals so my idea was that I wanted to open up our own central station and be able to thwart and be more competitive in the marketplace. Um, At the end of the day, I had a uh, disagreement in the focus focus of the company, and uh, I decided to trigger a shotgun at the time and move on to open up my own alarm company. That's what did it. I couldn't do any commercial work for the first year because I was governed by a non-compete. So my focus with Alarm Forest initially and and pretty much became our major focus was in the home alarm marketplace, uh, which we felt was very uh, unsaturated, very open for new competition. It it was a very fragmented market. There was a a couple of leading companies at the time. There was uh, uh, Dominion Electric was there. Chubb was there. Diebold was doing a little bit of it. But at the end of the day, uh, I felt that because the market opportunity was so significant, that regardless of the competitive landscape, if we could come up with a strong value proposition and as much differentiation as possible, we could grab uh, an important part of the market share. And being someone who was born and raised in Toronto, I uh, I grew up seeing the uh, alarm force ads on radio and billboards and TV. Can you talk a little bit about your marketing strategy behind alarm force? Yeah, our marketing strategy um, was always focused on dealing direct with the consumer, but it it did evolve over time. We didn't start high-profile marketing in the early days, simply because we didn't have the financial resources at that time to be able to have a significant ad budget. So the the company sort of evolved. Um, How did it evolve? Well, to start up, the company, I decided to do some franchising. And uh, we sold probably about 25 to 30 franchises across the country. And I really thought that I was going to take the small installer, or the truck slammer, as, uh, as the industry would call a lot of these people, and I was going to make them very successful in the alarm industry. I quickly realized that these, uh, these particular individuals did not want to learn uh, how better to market the opportunity. And so I quickly changed my thought process and said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take anybody who um, is able and willing and has uh, a great personality and is really motivated. I'm going to make them into uh, successful alarm people. And that's pretty much what we did. I mean, we had uh, 
you know, some fallback with some people who weren't as successful. But for the most part, the franchising uh, operation that we had at the time was quite successful. Now, there was many, many territories. For the most part, probably 40% of the Canadian marketplace was covered by our franchises and 60% was covered direct by alarm force. So it's kind of like a pendulum goes back and forth. And what happened is that um, as the franchisees became more successful, I decided that the opportunity existed to buy them out. And that's exactly what we did. Over a period of a few years, we landed up buying out the majority of franchisees and we became a direct vend uh, in the balance of the 40% of the Canadian marketplace that we weren't dealing directly with. And then while we were doing this, the cash flow was uh, getting significant. This is in the probably year three. And though we were doing advertising uh, at that time, we then decided to step it up. And uh, that's exactly what happened. We landed up advertising virtually in every major uh, city in Canada. And the company just took off. And uh, we were fortunate enough that we had uh, unique technology at the time. And we were extremely price competitive. Um, and the rest, I guess, is history. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the sort of the alarm penetration rate for years has been hovering around 20 to 25%. Is there anything that you think the industry can do or or is doing now to sort of increase that penetration rate percentage to make sure that more Canadians have some type of security? Yeah, sure. I think there's a lot of things happening in the marketplace that are going to see uh, the market penetration for uh, professionally monitored alarm systems to go from the 20 to 25 percent marketplace, probably to 50 percent, I would say, within the next five to seven years. And what's going to drive that? is the strong value proposition at much reduced prices than have uh, been prevalent in the past. Um, it's kind of like a supply and demand situation. Um, the lower the prices get, the better the technology gets, the more there's interest on the part of the uh, consumer. And obviously the smart home uh, is an area that's uh, opening up a lot of opportunity. And uh, I think the driving force will continue to be security and the offshoot of the security application will be the uh, Internet of Things uh, that fall in to giving the value proposition a much uh, higher profile within uh, people's homes and residences. The other thing that's driving it is that the marketplace over the past number of 15 to 20 years, in fact, has increased dramatically. Uh, a lot of that is, is, in my opinion, is attributed to divorces, single people, you know, taking on their own uh, residences. And uh, I think if they were to do a evaluation of the number of actual individual addresses that existed 30 years ago and did a study as to how many exist today, I think there would be a, a remarkable multiplier effect that would not even correspond to the population increase. It would be much more dramatic. So I think that also has had an impact where the 20% hasn't really moved much over the past probably five years. 
For sure. And I think that uh, one of the things I'm interested in talking to you about is sort of your your evolution as well. I know you uh, you went from Alarm Force and now you have an exciting venture in Think Protection. Can you talk a little bit about Think Protection and sort of what you learned from Alarm Force and how you're translating that into your new venture? Yeah, well, I think I think the most important thing for um, for a supplier of technology uh, in any marketplace is to really consider the consumer as number one and that you know it's not a question when you start up a company it's not a question of how much money we're going to make or how successful we're going to be the number one focus is what can i do for the consumer that's going to uh, make him feel more comfortable in his home and appreciate the technology that i wish to have him use having said that the marketplace has changed dramatically over a number of years and i think the marketplace has changed it's been driven by technology uh i i i don't believe that people or the consumer has been the driver in the home alarm business i think it's been technologically driven and it's it's expanding rapidly every day because the technology has improved dramatically and the cost to uh, the suppliers has come down. And I think that's going to continue. And um, I think that security in itself will be the driving force. In our position, we take a look and we think there's a tremendous opportunity for consumers to be able to install the technology themselves. You know, this is not a rocket science. It's been proven, you know, in the United States where the consumers are very happy to install the technology themselves. The reality is that from the uh, traditional alarm guys, you no longer have to do a truck roll. The other uh, interesting part of this business is the operating costs are obviously reduced if you don't have to do a truck roll. Now, the problem with the traditional alarm companies in the marketplace is that they are married to their existing models by virtue of the fact that they have such a significant base of customers that already are on contracts where the suppliers have committed a certain level of, of physical service. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. And I think that uh, our alarm dealers today are, are figuring out that the old models are used to might not be working in this new age economy. But on another note, it seems that a lot of big companies are getting involved in security. There's Amazon and Google and, and, and Rogers now and Bell and Telus. And um, you have experience probably with a lot of those companies. What do you think it says that sort of Fortune 100 and telcos are heavily involved and invested in this industry that you've been a part of for 50 years? Well, I think it's uh, and some of these companies, for example, the uh, the Bell and Telus, for example, Bell specifically, they've been in and out of the home alarm business over the past couple of years. So the fact of them uh, being more committed to it today than they were the past couple of years is just a reality uh, of life. And it's it's part of uh, of them wanting to be the major supplier you know, to people's homes. Having said that, uh, with Amazon and Google coming on board, the reality is, is that uh, it's kind of double pronged effect. 
the, the, the first part of the effect is that when you have these uh, giant organizations bidding for technology to go into the homes, that does two things. Number one, it creates a larger market, which is good for all the incumbent companies. Number two, they also create the ability that you can make your technology with a lot of the things that they're offering, which for the most part, the industry is doing. And the same thing applies with Google. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to get a piece of the pie. That's a reality. I don't know how profitable they'll be because it's you know not necessarily public information, even though they may be public organizations. But I do think that they will marry with both the traditional companies and uh, you know companies such as us that are in the DIY space, uh, where we will use what they're offering and combine it with our offering. And, and this, is, this is the key to the whole situation, is that companies like Amazon are collecting such an incredible amount of information of people's lifestyles that I believe a large part of the market is going to be offended as it becomes clearer on how much information they are deriving about your lifestyle and what you do within your home. Um, and I think things are going to come out, and they are coming out more and more uh, with Alexa and the fact that it's pre collecting pre-recorded information. Um, so I think there's going to be a backlash uh, for companies uh, like Amazon and Google. Having said that, which I said earlier, I do believe they will get a piece of the market. Uh, I do believe that a lot of people will combine a whole bunch of different technologies to their home. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's going to be necessarily a totally exclusive supplier, except in the higher end homes that are controlled by the traditional guys. Yeah, and and I think the, uh, the market is changing not only from a technology but also a player's perspective. And looking back at your experience in this industry, what are you most proud of of what you've done, and what do you hope the future brings for not only your company but the industry as a whole? What I, what I'm most proud about is the fact that uh, I've with with a with a fantastic team of people that have been with me uh, through all the various organizations that I've started up over the years, that we've developed organizations that have stood the test of time. What do I mean by that? You know, my first company with Frisco Bay, we had an amazing team of people. And many of these people still are with the acquiring companies. In this case, it was... Uh, uh, Black & Decker, uh, Stanley Black & Decker that purchased the company. And I think the greatest thing is that I've had the opportunity to work along with these fantastic people, see them develop, see them uh, reap the benefits of our success, which is in helping our customers uh, be more secure, whether it's in the commercial side uh, with Frisco Bay or whether it's in the residential side. And in addition to all of this, getting fantastic gratification in meeting people, you know, along the way who approach me, who come up to me and tell me how much they've enjoyed our technology, how much safer they felt in their homes, you know, how much they've enjoyed uh, working with the, the team that's been with me, uh, that's helped me to achieve our goals. 
uh, these are fantastic things to, to to have experienced. And on a important note, also, I've had uh, for the past seven eight years, I've been fortunate enough to be working with my son, and I I, I really think that it's been a fantastic experience, because if it wouldn't be for his fantastic leadership, I don't think uh, our company would be our think protection would be where it is today. So. I get up every morning, and I'm grateful that uh, that I have a place to go and contribute uh, uh, to our fantastic country and to help people feel more secure in their homes. So I've been I've been very blessed. It sounds like you're having a great time at Think Protection, and working with your son sounds like it's it's a joy, and you're happy to go to work every day. Absolutely, and thanks for uh, having me on, and I wish you continued success, Paul. Thanks so much again for joining us today. I've always wanted to have a discussion with you regarding your history and your experience in this industry, and I found today's discussion very informative. Good luck with Think Protection, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us, Security Life, the podcast brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. Visit sptnews.ca for more episodes.